Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. All things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who's called according to his purpose. God has sent Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Freedom, my friends. That season may not be the thing that you wanted necessarily, but God needs you to learn something. God has given her an ability to help people change the narrative of their life. If you do not genuinely believe in prayer, then there's no point in doing it. Hindsight with God, you understand, but yeah, in the middle of stuff, you just gotta hang on and trust Him. We're not supposed to do for God, we're supposed to be for God. The doing is a side effect. God is able to bless you abundantly. If He can take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, so more can He do for you. My family and my husband and I sat in the store before we opened and we just prayed over the store and that we would unapologetically show the love of Christ. It's all going to work together for your good. If you love God, you just continue to stay humble, seek God, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's Word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast His love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like, when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for Him. Matthew 6, 33 in the ESV version says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I wanna start off this podcast just encouraging you to seek Jesus. Whatever your problem is right now, whatever you're facing, seek Jesus but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I just wanna encourage you all with that word before we get started today. We're talking with my therapist today. Her name is Sarah Murko. She's a mental health counseling intern for Pensacola Marriage Counseling. I love Sarah so much and I know you all are going to enjoy learning more about her. At the end of this conversation, Sarah and I have a quick chat about something that she talked about through the middle of this podcast, talking about pride and our ego. She wanted to clarify a little bit about what she was talking about and some action steps that you can take. And we just added that at the end of this podcast. Her and I met a couple days later and she just said, I really wanna add this in. Sarah has a great heart, she loves the Lord. And I know her friends and family are gonna be listening to this. So you all have a great one. Sarah is beautiful inside and out and enjoy this conversation with my therapist, Sarah Murko. You are awesome and I love you and God has gifted you. And Bob Goff always says, I'm not trying to blow sunshine at you. I just genuinely love you. And I know that you've been gifted by God. And so I feel blessed from having you as a therapist and knowing you because your advice is wonderful because it's scripture. You point Mm. me to Christ and you're a trusted voice in my life. So you all listening, you're going to get a treat because if you've been thinking about talking to a therapist or if you just want to hear from a therapist, Mm. you know, hey, maybe this is your first introduction to talking with a therapist. Sarah is a wonderful first person to hear from. So What's going on? Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it is It is so nice to hear stuff like that because 
I was talking to someone else the other day and we were talking about how, we may have even talked about this, Yeah. how like therapy, the goal is for me to, to figure out what's going to get you to never have to come back. Like yes. it's such a, such a weird, like counterintuitive type relationship because most relationships you work to lengthen yeah. the time of the relationship and kind of deepen that. But therapy is so different. Um, or you at least want to see them less frequently. Right. <laughs> so it's just a weird, uh, a weird dynamic, but it's so good and so healing. And I, I think everyone needs therapy. I do too. Mm-hmm. I was listening to this guy. He's a real estate agent and he's a coach. So he coaches real estate agents and local business owners, salespeople on how to be better at their job. And he says the older he gets, the more he needs extra help. So that means a therapist, a mm-hmm. trainer at the gym, I don't know, other thing, a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a coaching program. But I think that's super interesting. Do you find that to be true of your clients, like the more life they've lived, the more they need a therapist? Um, Actually, that's a good question. But I don't know that that's necessarily true. Yeah. I think it's about the the specific experiences that you're having. Yeah. Um, so like some of the kids that I see have experienced more, you know, trauma or yeah. negative experiences than some of the adults. Um, the other thing though, is that adults tend to, um, rationalize their way out of some of the experiences they have because they have that logic. That's true. Oh my yes. goodness. Childlike faith. Yes. 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 Wow. Okay. So I don't really know a lot about you. <laughs> Because I go to therapy. (laughs) You guys, Sarah's amazing. Okay, where are you from? So I am actually originally from Southern California. It's like uh, two hours north of San Diego. Okay. So it's a really small town there. Two of my brothers, I have three brothers, Mm -hmm. and two of them still live in California. And one is in Idaho, finishing school there. Um, And so I was the only girl. Yeah. And my parents are still in California. I was there for 28 Wait, how old am I now? I'm 30 now. So I moved when I was 23 to Virginia for a little while and then came to Pensacola in 2016. And it's so great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. <laughs> and can you talk about where your practice is? Because I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So my practice, Pensacola Marriage Counseling, is actually through uh, Marcus Point Baptist Church. It's um, not attached to Marcus Point as far as like, within the church structure, yeah. but I basically rent the space from them um, and then see my clients out of the my church office there. It's such a cozy space. Yes, I try. Yes. I try to make it. I, I don't like the the office type environment or like having desks in the space or anything. I kind yeah. of like to gear it more towards the feeling of, you know, mo- most of my clients are women except for the, the couples that I see, but yeah. um, I like to gear it towards like we're just sitting on the couch in the living room you know, chatting, having coffee or whatever. It just makes it, you know, feelings mm. start to flow a little bit more when it's you're comfortable. True. So it's true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you've got books on the walls and <laughs> it, you know, the lighting is nice. It's just, mm. it's very relaxing. When the kids go to our dentist office, Dr. Allie Simmons, she's been on, um, well, she's coming on again, but she's been on before. Um, she's wonderful, but she said that there is logic into every room that you walk into Mm. and it's just something that's psychological Mm -hmm. and so is there any you know psychology behind your psychology room I don't oh of course of course there's always there's I mean smells sounds lights yeah all of it is is part of like the relaxing environment to kind of um I I was listening to a different podcast one time I don't remember which one it was yeah but they were talking about how when you enter a room 
you instinctively look around to make sure that you're safe. Like that's a, just a natural thing that we all do. Wow. And I think lighting plays a part in that. The smells, I mean, there's certain smells, obviously aromatherapy that, yeah. you know, are more, have a more calming effect. Um, some yeah. have a more energizing effect. I think lemon is one of those. Um, but most in my office, it's mostly vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla is oh, so calming. Nice. Oh, I love calming vanilla. One for me. What has God shown you through your ministry? What has God shown me? God's shown me a lot. Uh, when I was kind of thinking about this podcast and what we were going to be diving into, you asked, you know, or you kind of prompted this idea of how is God using me? And mm-hmm. and ideally, I would like to say that there's a, a specific answer that I have for that. Mm-hmm. But I think the the realistic answer is that I ask him that every day is how, how are you using me? Because I feel so unequipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or um, unable to to give you justice, you know, in, in the ways that I feel like he deserves. Right. Um, but I think that also motivates me a lot because I there are there are some clients that come in and, and their stories are just so heavy or they're just going through really hard things or couples, especially. I just have such a heart for couples. Yeah. Uh, and. I will, there, there's that new, oh, Katie, Katie Nicole, I think is her name, that new song where she's, it's basically a prayer. Yeah. And I pray that over every single one of my clients that comes in and, and walks out because I just feel like it's so powerful. And that is my, my deepest yearning for them is to, to find that healing and find that breakthrough and get through these experiences, not to continue to shove them down or, yeah you know, with couples, the, the communication aspects and the intimacy and the, the trials that they face, just, just learning to build that safe place with each other, yeah. I think is, yeah. is so crucial. And for God to allow me to have any part in that, I think is such a, a gift. And I just want to make sure that I continue to, to give that back to him and to continue to point people back to him. I love that you said a safe place because mm-hmm. the room is a safe place mm-hmm. and you want people to leave, you know, we're talking about marriages specific, specifically here, painting this picture of you want them to leave and know that their relationship is a safe place. And I just love that idea. It's very heavy for some people to think, am I safe? And that is what God is showing you to create a safe place and praying for other people to know that, together, you know, as glue, as one, mm-hmm. as, you know, I'm trying to think what else can we describe a marriage? What is a marriage? It's a covenant. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's the, the closest representation that we have to God's love for us. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our marriage with our spouse is, we should be treating our spouse the way that Christ loves us. And oftentimes that's really hard. You know, you asked one of the things that I'm, I'm learning kind of in this season, and that would be a huge one for me is I feel like, uh, I'm a newlywed. So I got married in November. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so we are still within what, six months now. So we're still, we're still in the honeymoon phase and everything, but, uh, I would say that we're both pretty emotionally mature. And so, we, we face a lot of hard conversations that I think a lot of couples kind of push off until year four or five. Yeah. Um, but I think we're both, 
pretty aware of ourselves and our emotions. And so that leads to deeper conversations quicker. But I feel like I'm being pruned a lot, <laughs> probably more so than I actually want it to be. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the the biggest things that I feel like my husband does for me is provide a safe place for me to kind of muddle through my feelings, whether they're justified or not, or, you know, whatever. The idea of safety is what allows me to feel all of those experiences and then either go back and be like, no, actually, I really do feel this way or, yeah. okay, I was totally over-exaggerating. That is not, right. that's not really what I, what I feel or anything like that, but just, just having that place. And I feel like that's, that's what Christ does for us is gives us that safe place to kind of come and go and, and return back to him. But the closer you are to that, the, the further that you dig into that relationship, the safer you feel all around. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a regular friendship Mm -hmm. for somebody who is not married. Think of God as your friend and you have to choose Jesus. You have to choose that friendship. Mm -hmm. My husband always says to be a friend or to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Mm. You know, are you waking up and talking to your friend? Mm -hmm. You know, how close do you really Mm -hmm. want to be with that friend? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have your relationship with that friend, with God. Yeah. But how close do you want to be? Just keep that communication going. Recently, I've just started um, telling God like random things, like um, things that just trying to be totally authentic with him. Because if he's truly my friend, I'm going to tell him how I feel. Mm -hmm. Well, and he already knows. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. He already knows. Yeah. And just having that connection with him in that way is I had somebody on the podcast one time said higher heights like I want to go to higher heights and what that meant to me was just deeper relationship with Jesus when Mm -hmm. he said that I'm like higher heights it's almost like the closer we get to Jesus the more freedom we feel I don't know does that Mm -hmm. make sense Mm -hmm. the more fruit of the spirit we are experiencing that love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness, self-control. I hope I didn't miss one. But what you, a little nugget that you just said is that you're getting pruned. Mm. And we were talking about this in a small group a couple weeks ago. And I have come to the place in life where it's like, I want God to prune me mm-hmm. because it's so higher heights. I mean, it's more of a deeper relationship Mm -hmm. for someone who's listening though, to hear you say I'm getting pruned and you're smiling when you say that I'm getting pruned. (laughs) (laughs) God's crushing me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what does it mean to you? Well, there, there is a sense of the crushing. There's for me, it's a lot of just lessons being learned. Um, Mostly in, I would say, one of the biggest things that I struggle with, and it's obviously not easy to admit, is pride. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I, I don't even know all of the aspects of that. I'm I'm learning yeah. that <laughs> through this pruning. Yeah. But, uh, you know, selfishness and, and a lot of that comes out. You know, I was previously married and there was um, a lot of unhealthy habits and coping mechanisms and and all sorts of things that I learned through that. And then I was single for two or three years before I found or met my now husband. Yeah. And 
going through each of those transitions, there's so much that you learn, some of it being survival and some of it just being like selfishness, but you can be selfish when you're living on your own and doing your own thing. And you don't even recognize how that can affect someone else until you're in another relationship or until you're, you know, married and you're now having to live with that person and share a lot of space and time and energy. Toilets. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely for me, it's just this pruning of, you know, in, in what areas am I only thinking about myself and my, my feelings and my emotions and, and what those mean for me and not my husband or not my friends or, you know, any, anyone else. And what do you do when you're like, oh no, that was prideful or, oh no, my ego just sabotaged that conversation. What do you do? Um, well, I was talking to other therapists in the area just, just a week or so ago. And we were talking about how if our clients were watching us interact with our spouses, would we be proud of ourselves? And would we ask them to, you know, repeat those behaviors? And I was like, oh gosh, no, no, don't watch me. Just do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Yeah. But see that applies to the person listening, no matter what your position is. Yeah. Because we are called to live for God. Period. I mean, myself, you listening, like, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes me think of like this kind of, kind of is off topic, but kind of not. Yeah. Um, in the in the dating world, I was always thinking, and I don't know where I heard this from, but like if Jesus was in the room with you, would you mm-hmm. be saying or doing the same things that you are right now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just kind of changes your perspective a little bit because, you know, even even when you're yeah. arguing with your spouse, if if there are other people in the room, and they knew what you were saying or talking about, yeah. would you still stand behind what you're saying and talking yeah. about? And if not, why are we continuing to treat our spouse this way? It's true. It's true. Um, Lou Holtz, Coach Lou Holtz. Do you know who that is? He no. coached at Notre Dame, and then he coached for South Carolina. Mm. Um, but he said that your spouse is – and I hope I'm saying it right, but he was saying that no one will ever love you and support your dreams more than your spouse will. Yeah. And that was so rich to me because it's a reminder that your spouse loves you. Mm. You know, your spouse chose you. Mm. Jesus chose you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Your spouse is not God, you know? Yeah. Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But your spouse does want what's good for you. Yeah. And hey, they want what's good for you. You want what's good for them. It's good for both of you. The same is true for God. Yeah. God wants what's good yeah. for you. You want what's good for God. Like, um, you know, that Romans 8, 28 verse that I just love so much. All things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Well, sister, if you're a Christian, you have been called. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the the important pieces there yeah. that a lot of women overlook or settle on mm-hmm. as they are looking for a spouse is that that spouse is being led by Christ. Yeah. You know, and that, and the the depth of that relationship really, because I do think that there are a lot of people who say that they're Christian or, you know, say that they believe in God or that they're spiritual or something along those lines. But yeah. what does that actually mean? Because I see a lot of women who are in relationships and they're just struggling or in, in these marriages. So they've made this commitment mm-hmm. and they're in this marriage and they are now, whether they have renewed their relationship with Christ or they, they've just hit a breaking point. Mm-hmm. And so they are now just desiring this from their husbands to be this great leader and to be this 
Christ-like man, but he's never shown to be that beforehand. And, and God can absolutely work miracles and do all those things, but it's important that as you're making these decisions that you're aware of this stuff. Like what, what outliers are there in, in this person's life? And, and this can go both ways. Yeah. This can go from men to women also. Is what is their life like? You know, what are their friends like? What's their relationship with their families? And and does all of that point to Christ? And if not, that may need to get figured out before you go down this avenue. Yeah, that's so important because there are a group of people who listen to this who are single and are in college. And I would just love for you to take an opportunity to talk to their hearts, even if they're recent grads. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you can say to encourage them? to point them to Christ and to encourage them as someone who might be looking for a spouse. Mm. I would say, and this is speaking from personal experience as well, is that you have to run your race first, that you have to form your relationship with God and make that be steadfast before you bring someone else on this journey with you. Yeah, It's so hard when I was transitioning from singleness to married life, I had my routine set up in singleness and I, you know, I would go to bed at nine o'clock and I'd read my Bible for an hour before bedtime and I'd get up whenever I needed to and have an hour to, to study the Bible before work and, and all of those things. But when you're married, things are just different and it's not that it's bad or anything like that. It's just different. Right. And if you don't have those foundations set before you enter that season, mm-hmm. it's really hard to establish in that season. Wow, that's so good because that means you're establishing discipline Mm. without anyone else there. So that's you and God. Yes. That's you choosing to have that relationship with God first. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's true. And, And then there's no motivating factor or you're not doing it for a guy or anything because, you know, if you're letting emotions kind of control that, then... There's going to be... It's going to be bad. Highs and lows, yeah. It's, it's not going to be great. It's going to be all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God's going to make it good for you. Yeah. But, and, eh. and I think one one point to that is I, yeah. I think there's a huge difference between knowing Christ and having a relationship with him. Amen. I think I I grew up, you know, we, we'd go to church every weekend and I, I knew Christ. And, and I would say that I, you know, I, I prayed, but it was nowhere near what... I learned through through my trial. Yeah. And the relationship that I have now is just it's there's a different desire, there's a different craving that I have to to be in the word and yeah. to have that relationship with Christ. A guest we've had on the podcast before said that she had a pastor said, You gotta get hungry for the word. Yeah. You gotta get hungry. <laughs> and we were like, Gold crowd, baby, just hurt our way. Just get hungry for it. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Let's get hungry. Let's get hungry. And when you do, oh, let me tell you, yes. it's gonna be so good. Yeah. Just trust us. Just trust us. Yeah. Get hungry. Yeah. Oh, and that can go in so many different directions though, too, because I'm thinking yeah. Like what, like I have been there too about what, what about the women that are out there? Like, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know how to get that. Like, how do I even find that? Uh, and I think a a large part of that is also learning about yourself. And that's part of where the therapy comes in. Yes, I had a client who said she, you know, we, we went through this whole process and, you know, talked about childhood and, 
and everything. And we did some EMDR. Which EMDR is great. <laughs> it hurts though. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. On an emotional level. Yeah. On yeah, an emotional yeah. level. Yeah. You leave feeling free because that's what happens when we confess. But you're also like, okay, now I have to step up. Like now mm-hmm. I have to level up. This is what's going on. Like this is really what's going on. So for someone who doesn't know what EMDR is, before you explain this, can you just give us like a quick sentence? Yeah, about it? yeah. It uh, basically focuses on this I- the idea. It's not actually an idea. It's a fact yeah. that our bodies kind of hold trauma in a different way. So, yeah. so a lot of times when we experience trauma or emotional overload, it kind of freezes our our brains or our neural pathways get stuck in that in that place. So if if you've had a traumatic experience as a child, you know whether it was abuse or even even something that doesn't seem super traumatic but was just just kind of created this negative perception of yourself, this story that you've kind of carried on through yeah. life of I'm not good enough or yeah. I'm unlovable, I'm un- unworthy. Um that kind of creates this template that you carry for the rest of your life. Right. It's a lie. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to distract you from what you were just talking about. So yeah. yeah. Well, and so kind of speaking on that lie. So I had a client who she was just carrying around a lot of guilt for a lot of things that weren't her fault, but that happened to her. And we went through EMDR and kind of released some of that and it helped EMDR is information processing. So it Mm -hmm. kind of helped her go back to those moments and restructure them in her brain and just think about them from a, from an adult perspective. Mm -hmm. And she kind of came to realize that, that these weren't her fault, but that she was holding on to them in a very powerful way. And it kind of put a lens on everything, every, every relationship she was having. Um, And she came back, I think two or three weeks later and it was the most powerful session, I think. I This is this is when I knew, like, God really has me here for a reason. Because yeah. she came back and she said, I could never receive God's love because I didn't know how to love myself. Wow. And it, wow. Was, it was just so powerful for me. And I could just see the chains being broken for her. Yeah. But to know that I could be helping someone learn to love themselves and learn to accept themselves and know that the, a lot of what happens to them in childhood or a lot of these lies that are being told to them, I can, I can help walk alongside them through this in a safe space, in a mm-hmm. safe way, and then in turn allow God's love to kind of penetrate that newfound freedom and really be able to embrace that. Right. That's a whole different ball game than just knowing, knowing God loves you. Right. There's a difference between knowing God loves you and really receiving that, that yeah. gift from him. That's amazing. And I know, you know, I've had breakthroughs in sessions with you. I know other people who've had breakthroughs in session with you and it, it's so freeing to the person, but I can't imagine from your perspective being used by God for his glory and his children's good. I mean, I say that, but it's true. It's like, are, is what we're doing, are we glorifying God in it? And are we doing it for the other person's good? 
And yeah, I think you are. I really believe you are, actually. I know it because I still go to therapy. (laughs) It's very good. Five stars. But it makes me want to ask you a deeper question of what do you love about your job? I would say that. I would say that, you know, I went into it with the idea of really the motivating factor of wanting to help couples never have to go through what I did my uh, relationship my my divorce uh years ago was was pretty brutal and that was my motivating factor is I'm I'm gonna go into this and I'm gonna save every marriage and and all this stuff but I think that was kind of misguided also I think the bigger thing that God had planned for me was to bring people to him amen that is so good (laughs) Because it speaks to everybody who's listening. Mm. It's like, it's a question, really. You know, are are you being used by God? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, you are. Because Mm -hmm. you're leading people to Christ as a therapist. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the the purpose for everyone, you know. And, And I think different people do it in different ways. But that's, that's the ultimate the ultimate goal is that everything, everything I do, Lord, make it for you. Amen. That's really powerful. Um, what Bible verse is encouraging you in this season? Oh, well, this is a good segue. Yeah. Um, okay. So, well, you know me and I don't memorize scripture, so I have yes, it. Yes, you do. I have it. No, I can like pick apart some words and like, yeah, I think it's like, this one. What's the one about this? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'll pull out my phone like we did just here. Yeah. Okay. So welcome <laughs> to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't memorize scripture. So anyone else that's listening that doesn't memorize scripture, that's not that's not a bad thing. It's not everyone memorizes scripture. And yes. the enemy knows scripture too. It's not about yeah. what you know. That's it's, true. It's how do you apply it? How are you living it out? Are you meditating on it? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> are so, you chewing on it? Just because you don't have a a s- photographic memory or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Amen. that's good. But for me right now, it kind of goes into this this comparison culture that I think that we're in and the success that I'm I'm kind of seeing in my therapy business, but the the scripture that I keep, you know, really praying on and, and asking God to guide me through is Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. And to me, that's just, again, everything I do, Lord, I want you to want me to do it. I want your favor and your blessing through this. And if you're not in it, I don't want it. Amen. Because I feel like we can put so much into everything that the world wants us to have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we had talked about social media followings and and how important is that versus right. the eternal perspective right. and there there is importance as far as you know are you can you reach more people doing things a certain way and and bringing more people to god these certain ways but i think the true intention is god what do you what do you have for me what do you want for me out of this and and yeah. as people are being drawn into my business or my books or, you know, whatever you're, you're doing in life, are you pointing people back to God? And, and so this scripture to me is God, you know, search my heart, know, know my heart 
And if you aren't in this, Mm -hmm. then I don't want it. I don't want to be chasing nothing. I want to continue to point people back to you. And so everything that I do, I want your hand in it. Amen. And I pray the same for you listening. You know, I pray the same for your business. I pray the same for your family. Um, I pray in Jesus name, you know, the Mm -hmm. song that you mentioned earlier, Katie, Nicole, are you talking about the in Jesus name song? Yes. Yes. Um, I pulled it up. It says in Jesus name is the name of the song. And I just want to read a little bit of it to you. Um, And I just hope that this is a prayer for you who's listening Mm. and And so it says, I speak the name of Jesus over you in your hurting, in your sorrow. I will ask my God to move. I speak the name because it's all that I can do in desperation. I'll seek heaven, which you just said, lead me in an everlasting way. Yes. Come on, let's get our eyes off of the world and look up. Eternal perspective. Yes. Eternal perspective. And I pray this for you. I pray for your healing, that circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. Yes. Can it just happen every therapy session? Yes. You know, like let's yes. get up and go. Okay. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So good. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And God is with us, you know, like yes. he's right here with us. That is so good. Um, there was something else I wanted to ask you. When you mentioned social media earlier, mm-hmm. one of your postings, you posted it around the holidays, and I didn't tell you about this beforehand, so it's um, it's the reason why I have workout clothes on today for our conversation, but um, it said, if you're experiencing stress, to take a walk. Mm-hmm. What it, what do you know? It was like three points. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was take a walk, probably journal, mm-hmm. breathe deeply. Cause I think yes. the, the video you're referring to was about breathing. Yes. Oh my goodness. And that, I saw that video in a moment of, you know, I mean, you know my story, but in a moment of stress, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to cast my like anxiety on the Lord. And I'm yeah. like, how do I do this? <laughs> Cause this is, a lot. You know, it's very stressful. Yeah. And you posted that video. And I'm like, how simple is that? Mm-hmm. So I went on a walk. I went on a walk and I felt so much better. I breathed. I got some fresh air. It was fantastic. So I just mentioned that in this conversation to, to tell you that God wants to use you for his glory. And if he's taught you something that works in your life, that is good, you know, good and pleasing to God, Don't be afraid to encourage somebody else to do it because you posting that video really helped me out. Mm. Really, I mean, it was like two seconds maybe where I just looked at it. So is there anything else that you'd like to share ways to connect with you and all that jazz? Uh, Well, to, for any local listeners, if therapy is, is being considered at all, I would strongly recommend it, whether it is with me or with someone else. I do, like I said before, I think that everyone could use therapy, even if you're not in a crisis. I think especially if you're not in a crisis, mm. um, I think we have a lot of blind spots in ourselves and having someone else kind of help pinpoint those and walk through those with you from a non-emotional standpoint, you know, family and friends are, are the people that a lot of people tend to go to, but yeah. family and friends are very emotionally attached and, you know, have biases, whether they are conscious or not. Right. 
And so having, having someone else kind of journey through that with you, um, but for the local listeners, my website would be PensacolaMarriageCounseling.com. Yes. And Check I do see couples and individuals. Yes. So that's an option. Um, but I, I would encourage everyone to just continue self-growth because I, I don't think you will ever, you will never know everything there is to know about yourself. I right. mean, I'm still, I'm still learning every day. I'm having conversations with my parents about like, well, was I like this as a child? Or like, what was my attachment style? Like, exactly. How did, where did this come from? Why am I like this? I was actually talking to my mom last night and I didn't yeah. realize that, you know, anxiety and being homesick and all of that has been generational. Really? Yeah. And so I I was like, oh, that's why it makes so much sense then. Like I'm breaking a generational pattern. This is why this is so hard for me. Yeah. um, Mark Batterson, you know, he's an author and a Mm -hmm. pastor. And he says that you should um, tell your children about who they were, like when they were younger. Yeah. Yeah. and, And yeah, be like, you know, like what you and your mom experienced. But, you know, something practically in your situation might be to tell your child that oh they used to love to play baseball it was just like they loved it they just and they thought it was so funny you know yeah you just tell them what you saw in them when they were younger Mm -hmm. which I think Mm -hmm. that's so funny because it speaks life into them too yeah well and I think having conversations with your parents too about what they experienced growing up like in their own households you know a lot yeah. of the things that you learn in therapy you can then take to your parents and ask them the same questions and I think it does give insight it does wow. help you kind of understand okay so what strategies did I pick up on then for my parents that they may not have even consciously passed down to me it's just things that I've witnessed right growing up and and I mean strategies can range from you know avoiding conflict to throwing temper tantrums because that's the only way you knew how to get someone's attention because you weren't cared for in a proper way. You know, there's right. there's just a wide variety there. Right. If you are interested, check out Sarah's website for more information. And um, I just love you. And I so appreciate your time. And I so appreciate you being obedient to what God is doing in your life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. At the end of every podcast, we always pray. So join us in prayer. Father, decrease us and increase you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So after the podcast, Sarah and I listened to it, and there was one major thing that we talked about that we wanted to sit down and talk about one more time just to bring it home to help you because we were talking about pride, and when pride kicks in, what do you do? What do you do when you're overwhelmed by emotion or your ego? You know, like, what do you do when you're in an argument? with your spouse Mm -hmm. or your pride kicks in, what do you do? Yeah. Well, I think I would like to say that the first thing to do is to pray. And I think that's probably the most accurate and best thing to do first. But I think that's oftentimes not our first instinct. Um, So I would just say really to lean into that and, and try and figure out, you know, what, what were these triggers that hit you and why are you responding the way that you are, or, or essentially why are you reacting instead of responding? Um, I think a lot of conflicts with our spouses tell us more about ourselves than they do about the conflict or about our spouse. Really? Yes. That's deep. Yes. <laughs> so, what does it tell us about ourselves? That we care? <laughs> well, I think it, it actually says a lot about why, I mean, the reasons that we get upset mean that there's a lot of emotion behind whatever experience it's making us relate back to. Okay. So if I'm feeling triggered because I'm feeling like my spouse is treating me a certain way, I need to go back and figure out 
why does this trigger me? Because my spouse probably isn't treating me in the way that I'm perceiving it, but I'm reacting as if he's like the meanest person in the world. And that's not, that's not true. I'm just going back to an experience where that may have been true and taking it out on him. So really leaning into that and, and being curious with yourself. Emotional flooding is a very real thing and both men and women can, can get emotionally flooded and that's just kind of emotional overload. So a lot of things are happening at once and you really can't think straight and really research shows that if your if your heart rate gets up to a certain level, you can't think and you are no longer problem solving, you are just reacting to each other. Wow. So I think breaks are actually a really good thing, but you have to agree on when is the time that you're going to come back and discuss this. So the whole point in conflict is to reach solution. And if you're just going in cycles, then that solution's never going to come. So just finding, finding something to distract yourself for maybe 20 minutes and then regrouping with your spouse. And even if you're not ready to come back and talk about it after that 20 minutes, still coming back with your spouse and saying, Hey, I'm still not there yet. Can we come back in another hour or so? But but really being on the same page about that process mm-hmm. and just kind of giving yourself time to, to be curious and to dig deep and then go from there. I like how you said the goal is the solution. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say with that? No, I think that was it. I think it's just really, really understanding yourself and knowing yourself before you react to your spouse because a lot of times we're coming into arguments or conflict or even just regular conversations with a a lens or a filter and you have to know what you're bringing to the table right yes i just got the image in my head of picking up our cross and following him Mm. and we have to deny ourselves Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so if you want to win the war god's already got the victory oh can i get an amen so true about us not about us so uh let's do to wrap this up let's just do a quick prayer for everyone in their relationships do you mind yeah, if we do that yeah um do you mind leading us in that prayer or do you want me to start it and then you finish it sure yeah that's fine. okay father i just pray for all the marriages and the relationships out there today that are broken i pray that you mend them and how you see fit we know that you already have the victory your son died on the cross for our sins and we just want to thank you for that I pray that we walk confidently and humbly with you today, seeking your goodness, seeking your fruits of the Spirit, everything that includes in the fruits of the Spirit. I pray that we seek that for your glory. Father, I I pray for all of the couples and, and the women listening to this and, and the men too, but God, I pray that you just search our hearts and help us to get rid of selfish tendencies or pride, anything that that stops us from loving our spouse in the way that we should or or loving our friends even, our parents, family, in the way that we should. God, help us to reflect on that. Give us the strength and the courage to do that. And Father, just help us to lay everything down at your feet and be a reflection of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. 
Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi y'all, this is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest.